0: What a day, what a day, what a day. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show.
1: You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on,
0: you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a
1: lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders.
0: On Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The Brick.
2: Out of the gate, JT, and welcome to the playoffs on the flagship of the Raiders, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, and that fabulous Raiders mobile app. Hope everybody's doing great. I'm doing great. Don't worry about me. Are you kidding me? We're playing with house money, but the Raiders aren't done yet. I like to the draw. They go to Cincinnati to take on the young angles as the Raiders have all the momentum as they eliminated the Chargers, the Indianapolis Colts. The Cleveland Browns, yeah, they get credit for all of that because they put the dagger in all of those teams. And now the Raiders are getting the coverage that we often look around and say, why don't they get more of this? Here we go. Like we've reported all year, Uh, kick the Raiders when they're down, kiss their ass when they win. Uh, We're used to it in the Raider Nation. Raider fans know this better than any fan base in all of professional sports. When the Raiders are winning, everybody likes to tag along. When the Raiders are losing, people want to pile on. Well, the Raiders are winning. They are an elite story now in the NFL, and we're going to talk about it hard and fast for the remainder of the week. Now we're in go time, where I need everybody to step up. You were great all year. Fabulous. Considering what we all went through, some of the weeks were hard. Some of the Mondays I came in here, I couldn't believe what happened. Not only on the football field, but off the football field. And you, the fans of Raider Nation Radio, were there for me. You were there for me. You were there to answer the call to action. And you were there excited about the next game. Now you're rewarded with the playoff game, and we got to go balls out. we really got to take this up a notch because they listen. They listen in Cincinnati. They listen in Henderson. They're listening. They count on us right at noon to fire everybody up. So get going. Give us your game plan, keys to victory, whatever you want to do. There's no poll question, low-hanging fruit. You know what's in front of you. I'm breaking down the game. I'm preparing for the pregame show with Eric Allen. I'm looking at every game, trying to find some nuggets for you. we got great guests coming up. Uh, Bottom of the hour, the ghost, Dave Casper, Hall of Fame tight end. Dave doesn't do many radio appearances. He comes on with me. Looking forward to talking to him. Hear what he has to say about Darren Waller. Uh, the emergence of the Raiders the last month and what Dave's been through this year. Uh, Tom Flores, Tom Flores going to the Hall of Fame, his coach John Madden passing away. I'm sure Dave will have a lot to say on those issues. Jonathan Hankins, as you saw yesterday, was out of practice. He was scheduled to be on with us. Now we know why he couldn't. He's supposed to call in here at some point. We'll wait and see. Jonathan Hankins playing on the D-line has to slow down Joe Mixon, has to in this game because Jamar Chase and T. Higgins on the outside are pretty good. So the Raiders are going to have to pick their poison with this game. Andy Furman in Cincinnati from Fox, a longtime colleague of mine, knows the team as good as anybody. I got you an elite Bengals insider who will go and tell us about this team and what to expect from the weather to the game plan to what they've been doing the last couple of weeks. Bengals have had some highs and lows. It has not been beautiful for them. Again, if the Bengals played in the AFC West, they'd be in the same boat as the Raiders. They wouldn't be as good as Kansas City, and they'd be fighting for a wild card. But fortunately, their division was down this year due to injury. Cincinnati won it fair and square. I don't think they're coming in with a lot of momentum other than the title of winning their division. They have nowhere near the momentum that the Raiders have. And then Bill Williamson will join us at 1245, been covering the Raiders for over 20 years and Bill will talk about what has to happen here for the Raiders to win. Nice cover story today at the Las Vegas Review-Journal. I drank outside in the backyard with a cup of coffee, birds. Just a gorgeous day today. Just relaxing. And a nice article by Vinny B. on Josh Jacobs. And Josh Jacobs is now coming strong. Off a 139-performance rushing game against the Chargers, and he's rushed for more than 100 yards in two of the last three games. Remember, Joe Mixon only has three 100-yard-plus rushing games all year. One was against the Raiders. As Vinny writes, Jacob's late-season emergence has coincided with the proved play of the offensive line, which has shown steady growth. That is reflected in this reinvigorated ground attack. Yeah, I like that. That's what's happened here. Look, by now, I'm not going to change your mind or not. I'm a pass guy first. I think the strength of this team is the passing game. I really do. There's been some injuries, but Renfro is farther ahead of schedule than we could ever imagine. Waller, when healthy, is a super elite tight end. Zay Jones and Deshaun Jackson can catch deep balls. Foster Moreau has made a couple of plays. I'd like to see him hold on to that ball when he's running for a touchdown a little better, but we know he's a very good player. And Brian Edwards can make some big catches, as he has since he's been a Raider. Imagine if the Raiders were full strength at wide receiver. We talked about Henry Ruggs all year. He's not coming back. You look at this team, they've had a lot of guys who have been injured. But now I like this. I like this team. I like this passing attack. But I think that they love they love the ability to run now. They're running really hard, and they're running behind an aggressive and confident offensive line. I don't think the offensive line was that confident all year. If you listen to this show, fans were pounding the offensive line. Pro football focus was hammering the offensive line. The offensive line couldn't get it done. They had to move Leatherwood from right tackle to right guard. Now Andre James is at a point, a make-or-break point in this season where he wasn't playing very well, and then it snapped. All of a sudden, he's playing at a very high level. Occult Miller should have been a Pro Bowler this year. I think, he'll be, I think he'll go to multiple Pro Bowls now, starting now throughout his career. They're pretty good. They're not a great offensive line. They're not Dallas. They don't have an elite offensive line. But they're pretty good, and they're playing better now. So that's glasses half full. So I think the Raiders come into this game with tremendous experience. Carr is a much more experienced quarterback than Joe Burrow. And the coaching staff of the Raiders, NFL Network today did a thing, and they picked – I tweeted it out if you wanted to watch it, JT the Brick. One of the hosts – basically said that Cincinnati has the advantage. I don't agree with that. I'll pick up that in a moment. Jonathan Hankins joins us, the great defensive tackle for the silver and black. And, Jonathan, I know yesterday you were out of practice. I really appreciate you taking time for us as you've been working through getting back to 100% today after the walkthrough. How you feeling?
1: I'm feeling good. Just got some good work in. Uh, nice little sweat. So, you know, just getting ready for Saturday.
2: You've played such a big role this year. Uh, staying relatively healthy, banged up like every player in this year, making sure COVID protocols around you all the time. What was this year like for you, Jonathan? Staying healthy, the back, playing all these plays, blowing up the line of scrimmage, hoping you would be here for a shot in the playoffs.
1: It's been tough. You know, I think it's been tough on everybody, especially you know here in Las Vegas with you know everything we've been through. But you know, Coach Rich Versace is doing a good job of just keeping us together. You know, just being each other's brothers, and just keeping an eye on the goal. So um, we're excited for where we're at right now. Obviously, we're not done. We're not finished. Got to continue to prep and uh, get better out there on the field. But also, just know what we kept capable of doing. And I think it's been showing the last few weeks.
2: Jonathan Hankins is our guest. One of your brothers, Darius Phylon, went out with the injury that fourth down stop as the Chargers went for it on his own 18. That was one of the highlight plays of the year, proving once again that this defensive line, the edge rushers, and what you guys are doing in the middle there have been really dominant in helping on this playoff run.
1: No, it's been great. Um, whenever somebody gets banged up or goes down or not out there, the next guy's there to step up. Like, you know, not like we're missing a beer or anything, but um, Coach Rod and Coach Travis doing an excellent job of just keeping us this- Keyed in on our keys and knowing what to expect and how to play and how to play our ball. So, like he said, we're gonna go to our hearts explode and continue to wake up and do it again. So we just keep going until there's nothing left out the tank.
2: Share with me more about Rod Marinelli and working with him now and how you're used to his moods, his good moods, his intense days. (laughs) When you come into the building and you see him, you know what's the first 10 minutes like as you, as a veteran, when you see your defensive line coach.
1: Sure. Everything is 100%. Everything is ready to go, locked in. You know, read your keys, let's play ball. Um, he don't really care too much if you're tired. If you're tired, don't go out there. But um, he, he did a, a good job of just training us through the offseason, preparing us for the situation and preparing us for a playoff push. So right now, honestly, not trying to sound big here, but I feel like we're ready, ready for anything that anybody throws at us, and I think we can uh, compete with anybody. I love field. that.
2: You've, pro- you've proven that the last few weeks. You've proven it all year, getting off to the 3-0 and start. Jonathan Hankins is our guest. Jonathan, tell me also about Rich Passaccia, the way he's a head coach, and he lets Rod Marinelli, Gus Bradley, Greg Olson, Johnny Mo, and the staff do their jobs. But then what does he do with you when he pulls you aside, showing you that he's the head coach, and you're surprised or not surprised at how successful he's been? Honestly, I'm
1: not really surprised. Um, when he wasn't head coach, he was doing everything we needed for the team. Everything was about the team, about the guys, and he's he's, he's been amazing. And it's it's crazy, you know, he get put in that situation to become head coach. But I honestly, he's been done a terrific job of guiding us, keeping us mentally, you know, in control and what to do out there on the field. So I love him to death. He's been amazing for this organization and the players, and I'm glad that he's our leader. And he's been doing an amazing job.
2: Are you a guy that reads the press clippings and social media when you see, you know, the media kicking the Raiders when they're down, you were going through that losing streak and then you turn it around in Dallas and now everybody's jumping on board. Is that motivation for you? Or when you're in the middle of a season, Jonathan, you're just focused on the games and practices in front of you.
1: Honestly, we just focus on week to week. We kind of Mm -hmm. just said each week is a new week. We try to go one and all that week. And once that week is over, we, you know, back to the same mission. But, um, now, we really don't really try to read the press clippings, even though it's always out there it's everywhere on TV. But, you know, just keep your head down, you know, know to go, and stay the course, and that's what we've been.
2: Uh, Joe Mixon had a good game against you guys last time, a really good game, getting yeah. in the end zone and putting up production numbers. Uh, taking a look at the film again from that first game and how you guys were able to slow down Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor. How does that give mm-hmm. you momentum into this one?
1: Uh, you know, that first game, we didn't do a good job of stopping the run. Also, we gave a lot of big plays. But to their credit, man, they got an amazing quarterback. A lot of weapons over there. Um, this time around, I think it's going to be a good game. I think we'll be more smart and detail on our keys. But um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited to get back to Ohio and uh, face those boys.
2: <laughs> last one. Uh, what is what is your message? To these fans who stuck with you all year. What a home game. John Madden, the blackout. Now these fans are rewarded with a playoff game, and you know how long they've been waiting, Jonathan. What's your message to the Raider Nation?
1: Just to stand by us, you know, continue to support. We love, we feel the energy. Um, you know, as many Raider Nation guys can get out there in Cincinnati, we need y'all, but also we got this, and uh, it'll be an excellent game for the fan base, and uh, we'll see where we go.
2: We got this. Jonathan, thanks for doing this. I know you're trying to get back to 100% or close to it. Thanks so much for giving us time. We appreciate it. Good luck in Cincinnati.
1: No worries. Thank
2: you. You got it. Jonathan Hankins. That means a lot to me. I got chills when they said he's on the line because yesterday we had him, and then he couldn't do it because we found out he did not participate in Tuesday's walkthrough session, the first practice of the week. And if if you think about what he's been able to do now, uh, the fact that he came on today – and says he's ready to go. That's a big deal. He's a big part of that rotation and now with phylon out, that's a huge story. When you when you think about this everybody, if phylon was at 100%, we know Hankins is not, but he's trying to get there. He just joined us. Solomon Thomas, the rotation up front on this defensive line with the edge rushers who knock wood, Max Crosby's shape and, and his cardio and what he's done this year, Yanik Gangway's Been banged up here and there, but he always comes back. Yannick got hurt in that last game, came out for a play, and he didn't go with the trainers. It was right in front of me. He didn't go back to talk to the trainers. He grabbed the water bottle and went back out. So these guys are playing hard. They are playing hard, and I love this. It's awesome about the coaches, Rod Marinelli, and what Rod Marinelli expects from him every day when he comes in there. You know, Jonathan's a veteran, so if he needs a day off, it's fine. He knows what to do. But he did admit to the fact that they did not play well in their last game. They did not play well in their last game, and I thought the second half got away from them. And you don't want to see that. One of the things about the Raiders this year, the Kansas City games, Kansas City buried the Raiders twice, and then Cincinnati pulled away in the second half of that game, and that game wasn't a contest late. It It was a good contest early on, but not late. Not late. So they have motivation of not playing well in that first game to come back. And when they won that first game, and remember, Cincinnati beat the Chiefs on January 2nd at home, 34-31. to And Raider fans are familiar with this AFC opponent. You saw the team this year. You know what they got. But as I said on another radio show today in Cincinnati that had me on, there I go again going on other radio shows. Uh, Cincinnati said, what do you think of the Raiders this time around, JT? I said, what do you think? Did you watch the game? Sunday night, the Raiders fought a battle like we've never seen in regular season game history. It's a Mount Rushmore all-time regular season finale. I mean, that's a fact. That's not being a Raider homer. The game came down to the end of the fifth quarter on a walk-off kick that was made that eliminated a team, and the Raiders are in the playoffs. That was an epic classic game. The Bengals are aware that the Raiders have most of the momentum now. Now they got to get healthy because look at this. Hankins, who just joined us, was the only active roster player to sit out the session as the Raiders began prep yesterday, and he just came on with us and said he worked up a sweat. Darren Waller, Trayvon Merrig, Josh Jacobs, and Casey Hayward were limited. So they're coming around. They're, They're coming around. Linebacker Nicholas Morrow was designated for return from injured reserve, that means he can practice with the team. The Raiders have 21 days to decide to activate him. A little bit late on that side. Again, I don't know how he was gone the entire year. And we know that Darius Phylon is on the injured reserve. And we knew that. And we just hope he has a great rehab along with you know, Jonathan Abram, Alec Ingle, Trayvon Mullen. A lot of guys. No one knows what's go- I don't know what's going on with Richie Incognito. He missed the entire year. So the Raiders have played this next man up philosophy for quite some time. And I really believe it's the story of the year. It was something that I talked about with Coach Gruden for a couple of years. How he never had enough players. He's trying to get the guys out of the training room and onto the field. Uh, Coach Gruden was very frustrated at times by the limited amount of players he had at practice. And Rich Bisacci of this year has a limited amount of players. But he's done an incredible job of having everybody ready to go. This whole idea, if you come to practice, be prepared to play, is a moniker. It's a new saying here in Raider history. We know all the great sayings in Raider history. But Coach Passaccia now with this new term, you, if you're coming to practice, you practice to play. And it's worked. Everybody who gets in, it could be Faison. It could be Levitt. It could be Trufant. Whoever the player is that has to come in can play. I'm not looking around from the stands going, oh, my God, look at that. They're going to pick on him. He's the worst player there. They've cleaned that up, and I think that has a lot to do with the depth of Mike Mayock bringing in these players and the coaching staff with several former head coaches on the staff who has these players ready to play. So thanks again to Jonathan Hankins. We're going to talk to the ghost, Dave Casper, here in about 10 minutes. I'd like to hear from you, and I want to hear our A-game callers today, tomorrow, and Friday. As we get ready for an incredible weekend, uh, 702-365-9200. 702-365-9200 on what has to happen in this game. Derek Carr spoke to the media yesterday. Uh, We weren't able to get that for you. The fact that they're in the playoffs now, Carr is thrilled, but you can tell there's a different focus because he hasn't played in a playoff game.
0: You know, I think for me, it's an exciting time. Um, Obviously, you know, it's something I've dreamed of um, since I was drafted. That's all I want to do is get to the playoffs, try and win a championship, you know. And, uh, you know, the fact that we're in the tournament is uh, it's really cool. You know, again, like I said afterwards, I'm super thankful. Like, um, you know, I've worked my tail off. I've, you know, prayed that I could experience that one day and I get to. You know, it's cool. And uh, but at the same time, um, you know, I don't. My goal wasn't just to make the playoffs. It was a part of it. But, you know, you always have bigger goals and bigger dreams, and you're always trying to achieve more. So, um, for me, it's exciting, but still trying to keep that laser focus on the job at hand.
2: And that's the good news. He's always been a laser-focused guy. And it's been a struggle at 30 that he hasn't played in the playoffs. I mean, that's tough. There's guys coming into the league 21-22, Joe Burrow. Guys coming in young who are playing in the playoffs. And Derek wants to be a part of that group, and he is now. Now he's got to go out and win. I think Derek understands that more than anybody. He doesn't want to be in the playoffs. This is Derek Carr who's been on the sidelines in Oakland with Daryl LaMonica. Ken Stabler when he was alive. Rich Gannon. Jim Plunkett. I mean, how many times does Derek Carr go to a football game and Jim Plunkett's there? And everybody's going crazy for Plunkett because Plunkett's got two Super Bowl rings and a Super Bowl MVP. Derek wants that. He's a Raider. He understands that. So now he's going to be remain laser focused. I love that. Uh, Derek talked about playing the Bengals earlier this year, a game that we've talked about they lost and how they can improve.
0: They came out and they have some really, really great players um, all over their defense um, and especially on offense, as everyone knows. But, um, you know, they're, they're, they're super talented, well coached, uh, you know, and I, I felt that, uh, you know, we didn't put our best foot forward. But at the same time, I don't want to – Take anything away from them because they beat us, and uh, you know they did a good job, uh, you know, stopping us and um, you know getting the ball from us and and all those things. So for uh, for myself, always is you know you want to take care of the football, um, you know, while still staying aggressive um, and all those good things. So um, you know they you know they, they beat us last time, and uh, you know we know what kind of team they are because we played them, and uh, they're super good, super talented, uh, really well coached, like I said, and. Uh, It'll be an exciting challenge for us.
2: The Vegas Nation section in the paper today did a nice job breaking down Carr and the Raiders report. And Carr said he has definitely been more willing to take more chances by throwing 50-50 balls into tight coverage and giving his receivers a chance to make plays. And I like that. That's really important now because there are times where Derek throws the ball away. He rolls out in the pocket. If he doesn't see something quick, he'll throw the ball out of bounds. I mean, I'm talking really out of bounds. I think you got to make plays in the playoffs. Now, in the playoffs, you don't want to turn it over. So if you're going to throw it, but it depends on what the situation is. If the Raiders are trailing, then he might have to force a ball in or two and hope that these guys can go out and make plays. I am a huge believer that Renfro is open every time easily. Renfro is running these really amazing routes that are being compared, and he's not compared to these guys because they're Hall of Famers, but the routes are being compared to Lance Allworth, Uh, Don Maynard, who passed away yesterday, Steve Largent, and Fred Belitnikoff. Freddie Belitnikoff, who I talk to every day, was a brilliant route runner. Everybody talks about Freddie getting his feet in bounds and his hands. He was fantastic with that. But Fred was a brilliant route runner. Not the fastest guy out there, not as fast as Cliff. But the head moves and the shoulder moves to get open. And Refro's one of the best I've ever seen at it. I mean, Ever. He's at a level where when, he's, when his pads are level inside the red zone and he does that cut, that fake in the middle, and then he goes out, no one can defend it. So I, I think what's happening now, more teams are seeing that rent throw in the red zone is very difficult to defend because once he breaks out of his route, you can't make up that speed and get back in that route if you're a defender. So they're going to double him. And I think that's going to leave Darren Waller open. I want to see a couple of more high ball Power-forward throws to Darren Waller. He dropped the ball in the last game, which was surprising, but maybe not because he was injured for a while. But go right back to him. Let the Cincinnati fans know on the opening drive of the game that Josh Jacobs is ready to run downhill and that Darren Waller is involved in the game, so they have to find a way to go get him, and they have to be excited about, about getting him moving in this game. Let's get the stars going. Because for whatever reason, we can't get these phones going that day. People were sleeping yesterday, and I had to wake them up. And then all of a sudden, everybody got the JT wake-up call. I don't know. We got a, a non-Raider show that leads into us, which is very good with Rich Eisen. He's not taking Raider calls. And then I got to set everybody's alarm here and get everybody ready to go, You know, fire up the light at the top of the Luxor, and wake up the Raider Nation every day. Get going. This is the playoffs. What the hell are you waiting for? Get the Twitter going at JT the Brick. Get the phones going and get fired up to be here. Because after this, I'm going golfing for a few weeks. I'm in the playoffs. I got my A game. I've never been better. I'm rolling right now. People were jumping off the ship. I was throwing them life preservers. I was diving over the boat and bringing people back to the boat. People bailing on me left and right on this channel. I said, don't. I said, wait, they're not done yet. Hang in there, hang in there, they're not done yet. And I had to bring people back on the boat and take the life preserver off them and dive in the ocean again and bring more Raider fans back. Carrying them on my back, one on my back, one in a life card, pull, kicking sideways, getting them back on the boat. I got your back, I'm ready to roll. The ghost, Dave Casper, joins us coming up. Can't wait to talk to him. We'll see how it goes. He's the ghost. Had dinner with him a couple of weeks ago. Jim Plunkett's birthday name drop alert. We'll see what the ghost has. And we'll get to you if you're ready to go. Can't come to your house. I can't sit outside and have a beer with you. I'm in my house and I might just go drink a bucket of Modelo's to wake this place up.
0: is gonna come up underneath center, Sutton's gonna go over to the left side, Jacobs sprinting, cuts, battles, jackpot baby! Josh Jacobs
2: behind Sutton Smith. Brent Musburger on the call, it's Josh Jacobs, it says two 100 yard plus games and the Raiders are rolling. JT, back with you, our legend segment brought to you by the M Resort Spa and Casino, one of the greatest tight ends and Raider legends of all time, our friend Dave Casper. Ghost, thanks for coming on. Hope you're doing well. Thanks for doing this. don't. <laughs> Ghost, what's it been like this year? There's been a lot of drama with the Raiders. You've been out here a lot, a lot of highs and lows, but the Raiders are in the playoffs. you got to be thrilled by this. Yeah,
3: well, I... I think all the Raider fans are thrilled. Um, you know, I have no idea what goes on in football. I don't understand it anymore. And anybody that says they do from the old days must have been like working. But, uh, you know, I always hope the Raiders are doing well. And they, you know, it's been kind of an interesting, interesting, interesting year. All the stuff that went on. But they're they're there, so give them credit.
2: Yeah, and that's why I wanted to talk to you about resiliency There was a lot of noise in the background, Dave, this year. The Gruden resignation, unfortunately, the fatality accident with Henry Ruggs. And they have a new interim head coach that guided them to the playoffs. And that just shows how focused this team has been. What would you think of that Sunday night game, Dave? A lot of people are having a tough time explaining it. Two teams they could have tied and both went to the playoffs and the Raiders win on that walk-off kick. How exciting was that for you to watch?
3: Well, now I'm saying I'm on the East Coast,
4: mm-hmm.
3: okay. so I never got to it. I, I, you know, there was a day with the Raiders we stayed up till one or two in the morning, but uh, now my my wife stayed up and she, didn't she wait till it went into overtime and quit or something. Susan watched it till midnight. It went into overtime, and uh, then
2: she quit. I guess it's they don't
3: a- have the stamina.
2: Yeah, it's tough. I don't you know. Watching. watching... Well,
3: I got to go to bed. I'm too old.
2: <laughs> Dave Casper joins us. Dave, you played in so many Monday night football games that started even later than now. So the people on the East Coast had a tough time staying up for that. But, you know, looking at the team as you've come back this year, you know, you come back for Tom Flores, a celebration. You're on the field with your gold jacket. I haven't asked you privately, but what do you think of the stadium, of the whole experience when you pull up to Allegiant Stadium and go to these games?
3: Well, I was out there, my wife and I went out, uh, we went through and got a tour, and uh, obviously I've been following it, you know, through the internet, you yeah. see everything you need to know, and uh, it's, uh, you know, would they dropped the Death Star in the middle of Las Vegas, it's, <laughs> you have to admit it's a great matchup, just the Raiders in Las Vegas, I mean, it was, it's perfect. And then, of course, the stadium there, there's, you know, it's a state-of-the-art stadium, it's big, and... It's great. I mean, it's great for the Raiders. It's great for uh, Las Vegas. It's great for the casinos. It's not great for Oakland.
2: No, it's
3: uh, not. You know, Oakland didn't do that much. They never tried very hard. That's unfortunate. Kept... You know, there's a bunch. There's a few of us. The old timers. It's still going to attach to Oakland as a place. You know, where, where we lived while we played there, and, and uh, there was, there's nothing there that we know of left as a remembrance that the Raiders were there, but. Uh-huh it's a you know it's great it's great i mean las vegas is a fantastic venue especially the way nfl's gone into tv and it's more of an event than it is an old-fashioned rough and tough game
2: absolutely dave casper hall of famer joins us dave i saw you in canton when we were back there for coach flores and you were a part of the madden documentary which was great that you were included in that and what can you share about that experience and you know, not your private moments, but your feelings when you heard about coach Madden passing away and the the organization and the family reached out to you.
3: Well, I mean, you know, when you're, I have, I, you know, we lost, uh, in college, we lost Eric Segan, which was there when I was my 18 years old at 21, you know? And, uh,
1: Uh
3: and that was that it brings an end to part of your life and brings it flash in front of your eyes. And, and, now, as Coach Madden, he was there from, with me from basically, you know, twenty-one or twenty-two to twenty-eight or twenty-nine, and that was my younger days too. And it's they're a little bit like another father or mother to you because they your life depends upon them, just like your life depends upon parents. So when something, I think this probably bothered, but I'd been able to see John here and there. I, you know, I was working in the Bay Area. And, uh-huh for a few years and then I, I was, I'd go out and visit and I would always stop in if I could and uh, check in on John and just to say hi, not to check in on like he needs me to do anything. Cause the guy runs the world in his own way. Um, but just fortunate to stop in and just laugh a little bit about the craziness and not, not the craziness of the people just the, let's put it. Just the, I can't believe this ever happened type craziness. Yeah. You know? So we, and I, uh, I'd, you know, had been staying in touch with them just a little with the, uh, with the uh, emails and stuff like that. You can stop You can send something out. And, and so it was, we, I kind of was able to stay a little bit in touch. So it doesn't look like, Oh my God. But, and I, and also I think I knew from people I was talking to that this wasn't, it wasn't looking good at the time. Right. So it wasn't a shock. You know, he's 85 years old and he's has but I mean, somebody this powerful and this important, it's, even like when Al Davis died, I mean, that was a shock to say, well, how could the, you know, no one's going to ever get Al? I mean, he's going to figure out a way out of everything. And uh, he didn't, and neither could John. And it's just, it's, so it's, that's kind of a, a tough thing. But I, not, it's, he it had 80, he had 85 great years, and, you know, he
2: became the NFL,
3: the logo of the NFL football in some ways.
2: Dave Casper, the Hall of Famer, as we wrap it up. Hey, Dave, what was it like? You know, Ghost to the Post, your touchdown in the Super Bowl, you had so many big clutch catches. What would Madden say to you after that, or in the locker room after that, or did he treat everybody the same and not bring it up? What were those memories like when you caught the ball, Ghost to the Post, against Baltimore, or the Super Bowl catch, those moments like with John Madden? Well, you
3: know, he never – John didn't – Well, there's two things – one, he made me sit near him in meetings for my, uh, three or four years because he didn't think anybody yelled at the tight end. There was no, at the <laughs> time, there wasn't a, a specific tight end coach.
4: <clears throat> but
3: at the same time, he said very little to me at all. I think there was a couple years we might have, I mean, we had these little snippets right in between on, on Friday we were going to fly out. They knew that I was a, an amateur meteorologist and John hated to fly. So he, I had to get him the weather report, and I' would tell him you know it looks to me like he got a little turbulence at eight thousand feet or something like that, you know and and uh so there was kind of little snippets of fun that you'd have, but you know basically you do your job and and you keep your coach quiet if a coach is talking to you, you're either not doing your job because he's and if he's talking to you being funny, he's not doing his job, so John. Very seldom said much to me and then after we did after we played the Super Bowl, I don't remember talking to him and after we did those plays, you just go to the sideline, you,
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know and then you just move on. I mean it's just you thank God that you didn't screw it up.
2: Yeah, you thank God you didn't screw it up and you didn't. Dave Casper, the Hall of Famer. Dave finally, you know, you talked about football changing as we start. The Raiders have this tremendously athletic tight end and darren waller i mean he just looks like a basketball player playing football he's been banged up but they got him back here for the last game in the playoff run when you see an athlete like that playing the position that you played is there a comparison or is there some advice you could give him as he's becoming a raider and he's becoming one of the more recognized raiders going forward
3: well i can't i mean i can't give anybody advice how to. I mean, I had enough trouble myself getting through football physically and mentally. I will the game has changed I'm going to say it would have been very difficult to be the the real tall, thin guy when you had to block without pushing and it just there would have been almost no no ability of a person that shape and size to really be doing any short yards blocking or the way we did it. And and also some of the some of the people playing today might not have been able to last more than I mean the quarterbacks couldn't stay in the pocket like they do now under the old so they get killed and uh, the tight ends were thicker, meatier people and you know I don't know if I could play today I'm not, I I think I would find a position on a team and I could still run fast enough and I could catch and I could block but I don't think I would be putting in the ninety. You know, 90 receptions. Even though when I played the first year, I caught 53 receptions. If you translate that into snake only threw 270 times, you put that into someone throwing 550 times, that's 100 receptions. So you know, we didn't like we didn't catch anything, but we also didn't run like that. We didn't do the routes. So I would just say, you know, the only thing that always made sense is learn your position and and learn how to play it today and understand your strengths yeah. and hide your weaknesses and He's doing a great job, and if he can stay healthy, yeah, obviously he can shine in the future and make a bunch of money. Seems like a heck of a guy. And I I just had to be thankful that I played in the NFL when somebody who had my limited skill sets you know, could could really play football in the way I did because I was the type of guy that would fit that time. But I don't fit today, and I wouldn't have any clue how to tell somebody how to play today.
2: Thank you, Dave. I hope to see you in Canton because one of my passions in life was Cliff Branch. You know, getting to know you was an honor and Ted Hendricks and Jim Otto and all your former teammates, especially Coach Flores. But, you know, Cliff, I had a special relationship with Cliff and he died suddenly. And it looks like he being the only finalist and you being a gold jacket Hall of Famer that will I have a chance to meet up in Canton and celebrate a night for Cliff. And I hope that happens and I hope I see you there.
3: Yeah, that was, that was too bad. Cliff was a heck of a guy, and he didn't make any noise. But it would have been great for us. Well, him and Snake, I, mean, just, I don't know. Maybe they—they're just terrible the way it turned out. I mean, it was great that they're Hall of Fame guys, and we both were. But not to let them have that great feeling of oh my God, I finally—you know—they—they they put a little period on my career,
2: and that was bad. But yeah, it was absolutely. Uh, take care, Dave. Enjoy the rest of the year. I'll see you soon. Thanks so much for doing this. All right. Take care. You got it. Dave Casper, the ghost. How humble is that at the end? He didn't think he could be able to play now. He, he was one of the all time greats. Mr. Clutch goes to the post, the Super Bowl catches, getting his feet in bounds, running precision routes, Notre Dame legend. And he humbly says the athletes today can do what they're doing, and he couldn't do that. I disagree. I think Casper could have played in any era. He probably would have blocked a little bit better, more, probably would have been putting on more weight. I don't know. Dave Casper could have moved with the times. Dave Casper from Notre Dame to Canton, Ohio, could have played in any era. Very humble for him to say that, and I'm happy he was able to comment on Coach Madden. I mean, you think of Dave Casper as a gold jacket. He lost John Madden, Cliff Branches in here, and his quarterback, Ken Stabler. And really important what he said at the end, and I think the younger fans need to understand this, is that Casper's a Hall of Famer and he goes back, but he can't be there with his friends who have passed away, his coach and his teammates, and it's a shame what they did to Cliff Branch. It's the same what they did to Tom Flores, and Tom didn't bring any bitterness with him to the Hall of Fame. He got in, he said it was the greatest day of his life. And that says a lot from a two-time Super Bowl champ. But I'll tell you this, I don't know what my summer plans look like, period, but we'll all be back together for Cliff Branch. Cliff's family and Cliff's legacy deserves every Raider fan who can drive or fly to get to Canton, Ohio, and to be there for him at a great party and a great celebration because Cliff can't be there. I always get emotional when I talk about Cliff that way because, as Dave said, they didn't do him right. And he was a Hall of Famer 25 years ago, and they should have never made him wait. Thanks again to Dave Casper. Bill Williamson will join us next. And your phone calls lining up at 702-365-9200. It's playoff week. Brought to you by P.T.'s. They fuel the monologue. P.T.'s, the best happy hour in town by far. 5 to 7, midnight to 2.
0: We have a tough matchup with Joe and their team this week, and they beat us already. So, um, you know, there's no, no pressure on us, man. You know, uh, I'm just going to go out there and do my best as a 30-year-old old man, I guess. I guess I'm not one of the young guys now, um, even though we can play till we're 40-ish. Um, you know, I guess as the old guy, I'll just go out there and give it my best shot and see what happens. The old
2: guy, Derek Carr at JT, back with you, brought to you by... Our great friends at Resorts World, Doghouse, I'll be there for Monday Night Football. They're bringing me back. We had such good crowds. I'll be there for Monday Night Football. We got a Monday Night Football playoff game there, so I'm excited to be there. Come on by if you're looking for a new place, a great place, Resorts World, Doghouse Saloon. I'll be there on Monday night. Bill Williamson, kind enough to join us. The great Raider insider for SB Nation, NFL writer for 25 straight seasons and, Bill, what do you think? I mean, they got to the playoffs. You joined us all season long. I never talked yeah. playoffs with you because of all the ups and downs, but now they're here. Yeah, you know,
4: you had me on before the uh, Colts game week 17 and we do every other week, and we're saying our goodbyes for the year, you know, and here we are. Um, yeah, I mean, what can you say? It's uh, um, a tremendous accomplishment. I think if you look back, at the beginning of the season and the off season, and you know that was a long time ago. This is a long season, JP. I mean, I don't have to tell you, but so long season. But if you go back to before season, the goal, the reasonable goal, and really the expectation and really the need was to get to the playoffs. And they did it, and they did it unconventionally. Of course, they did it with a second coach, and you know all of those narratives before the season of it's time and they have to. It was John Gruden related and? He's no longer part of the picture. Um, and then, you know, they had other issues, of course. And then they, their games they played. You know, I thought the 2020 Raiders season was weird. Um, 2021 was unreal. You know, six walk-up wins. And they won. All, they, 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 I think they lost one really close game. And it was the, uh, the Washington football team game, you know. Mm-hmm. And all the other ones went the Raiders' way, It was not it? Was, An incredible, incredible season, and whatever happens, it's going to be super memorable.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. It's one of the most memorable seasons, and a lot of it wasn't good in Raider history, but now they're rewarded with their play on the field. So let's talk about what's improved the most, which is Josh Jacobs. We both know that he's not at 100%. He's playing through injury, but he's getting healthier through injury. I can't predict if he's close to 80, 90, 100%, but he wants the ball. He's more vocal than I've heard him before, and he's bouncing off tackles and breaking tackles, which is really important to him because a lot of times, Bill, he gets stopped at the line of scrimmage. The offensive line doesn't open up monster Dallas Cowboy Emmett Smith holds for him. If he doesn't get that second effort, there's no gain, and he's got that effort and third effort the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and that's
4: what makes him, you know, special. That makes him him. I don't think he's an elite running back. I thought maybe as a rookie we thought maybe he could be. But, but he's above average, and that's fine. Um, you can do a lot worse than him. And he's been doing what he did as a rookie, breaking tackles. As like you said, that was his really his calling card as a as a rookie. In and, and the last, you know, two out of the last three games he's played, you know, amongst his top ten games as an NFL player, maybe top eight, Um Certainly, the Charger game was one of those, and he also closes game when, when he's at his best. So he's a, uh, he's a top key in this game, certainly, especially with the weather be really bad.
2: Yeah, Bill Williamson. And, Bill, as we talked, I think the Raiders, I thought the Raiders could have put up 40 against the Chargers. They, they, they throw a big play downfield. A great example is Moreau catches that ball early. He fumbles the ball. He would have scored. They would have not dragged him down. He would have scored or got into the end zone. So the fumble puts the ball out there. Then they run it into the pile twice and then throw it away for a field goal. And I just still struggle, Bill, after a big play an Edwards' 30-yard completion. Something happens big. They get up to the ball. And they just hand it into the pile. I just wish they would stay aggressive after a big pass. It seems like after a big pass completion, they settle with the run and they find themselves in third down again.
4: Yeah, I mean, you – I think we've seen an improvement on that a little bit as the weeks have gone by. I I think the coaching staff has gotten better, you know, certainly in this four-game winning streak. But, yeah, I mean, there's still some frustration. Look at – I put a tweet out there today and I got a lot of backlash because you know, fans don't want to hear anything negative right now and it wasn't negative, just the fact that you know the top five quarterback yardage. Um Carter is a month today, number five with over forty eight hundred yards uh team record. But I look at the touchdowns of the other four guys and I, I believe it was uh it was Brady, Stafford, Mahomes and Herbert. And Car has 23 touchdown passes, and the next closest to him was uh, Mahomes at 37, and then the leader was Brady at 43. So I said, you know, it's a little bit of an issue going for all these yards, but you've got you to gotta finish it with touchdowns. And I got a lot of backlash. Oh, you're being negative. It doesn't matter. We made the playoffs. You know, compare the, uh, the receivers. Well, the, the receivers are good enough to get 4,800 yards, so let's finish and drive. I don't mm-hmm. think... I think it's, you know, there's something issues issue. Is it Derek Carr? Is it the receivers? Is it the play call? Well, probably a little bit of everything, and that's something that's going to need to improve, and it's okay to say that things need to improve the playoffs team because you want to win the Super Bowl, right? And right. every team has issues, and that's one of the Raiders' issues is finishing
2: drives. Bill Williamson. Bill, last one, mix him. I'm not saying he's overrated. He's a good player, but he's only has three 100-yard games. Three. That's it. This guy's not Jonathan Taylor. He hasn't been that statistically this year. He's not a 100-yard-a-game down guy. He had a lot of stats similar to Josh Jacobs, but he tore up the Raiders in the first game, so the Raiders have to expect him to run again. But Jamar Chase scares me to death because if the Raiders aren't on top of him, Rod Woodson told us yesterday, when he comes out of a break, if he's catching the ball, one step he's gone. And the, Raider, the way the Raiders gave up those soft fourth and tens to Justin Herbert, I'm a little bit concerned. I think they got to bracket double team him with the safety over on that side the entire game. And if T. Higgins beats him, that happens. Or if Mixon beats him, that happens. But you can't let Jamar Chase go into this game with 130, 140 yards and two touchdowns. That can't be the way the Raiders defend him.
4: Yeah, they defended him well. The first game was three catches, thirty-two yes. yards. Um, you know, a quiet game. I the, the, the story of that game was that the the Bengals and, and kind of wore the Raiders down. Mm-hmm. And you know, Derek Carr was under a lot of pressure that game too. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the, the Bengals' a game plan is going to be mixing, but certainly he's a nice. If you if they get the lead going, and that's a mm-hmm. nice way to do things again I, I can't stress the weather enough i mean i'm looking at it right now and i've looked at it every day and right now it's saying cloudy uh with wind at you know high of 31 low of 20 this thing's starting at 4 30 uh, in cincinnati so it's going to be played at night so it's going to mm-hmm. be in the low 20s so if it's windy and bad weather best team that runs the ball and best team the team that holds on to the ball is going to win
2: Absolutely. It's going to be a critical ground attack the way it should be outdoors AFC playoffs in a cold yeah. weather city. Either way, Bill, we'll wrap up uh, this game or another playoff game or we'll wrap up the season. And I hope we're still talking playoffs and we have you on next. Thanks for doing this. We'll look forward to it. Thanks, TT You got it. Bill Williamson, a really good insider. When I started with the team in 98, he's covering the team. He's been covering them ever since. I'll go follow all the work that Bill does. He's on Twitter. You can't miss him there, and just a nice insider who he's not, like, over-the-top emotional. He puts down breakdowns and tweets them out, and you go, wow, I didn't know that nugget. And it's really good for the show. We're brought to you by Grimaldi's, best pizza I ever had. My sister's landing. I can't wait to see my family. You know how much? If you've been listening to me for 20 minutes or 20 years, my family means everything to me. My youngest sister's coming into town with her husband for a long weekend. Gonna bring her out to the M Resort for the pregame. Excited to see her and we will have Grimaldi's at the house when she gets here.